Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All set for your flight? Yep, I've got everything I need. Eye mask, neck pillow, T-Mobile, headphones. Wait, T-Mobile? You bet. Free in-flight Wi-Fi. 15% off all Hilton brands. I never go anywhere without T-Mobile. Same goes from a water bottle, chewing gum, nail clippers, okay, passport. Okay, I'm going to leave you to it. Find out how you can experience travel better at T-Mobile.com slash travel. Qualifying plan required. Wi-Fi were available on select U.S. airlines. Deposit and Hilton Honors membership required for 15% discount. Terms and conditions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello everybody and welcome to the first in the off-season uh, versions of the Anfield Index Under Pressure podcast. Um, my name's uh, Dan Kennett and this week we are going to be having a analytical and emotional tribute to a bona fide Liverpool legend, Sadio Mane, um, but with me to go through you know, this little journey, maybe have a few laughs, maybe shed a little tear on the way. I've got my namesake, Mr. Daniel Rhodes. Evening, Rhodesy. Yeah. How's it going, mate? Uh, good, mate. Sad day. See you I'm not sure how many, have expected, how many of us expected this um, pre-Champions League final. Maybe there was little inklings. Maybe we looked at it with certain contracts and signings. But yeah, I didn't think so. I thought we'd have him for at least another year. So it was... It was sad to hear that news after the Champions League final, but yeah, definitely a bona fide legend. Yeah. Uh, and I have the sports science dynamic duo. First of all, I do have our most qualified sports scientist. It's Dr. Phil Barter. Evening, Phil. How are you doing, boys? You all right? I'm good, mate. Uh, how are you feeling today on all, on this on this uh, momentous day? I think um, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because I, I, I didn't think we'd have it next season, so... Uh... But I am sad to see a legend go. It's for, I think first time I've seen a, a bona fide legend leave. I suppose you know whenever some other big players had left, it's because we weren't good enough. Yeah. So now, now he's moving. Now this player is generally leaving us, as we'll come on to with his stats and that. But uh, yeah, I uh, yeah I, I was just I'm thankful of watching him play basically, and yeah, I think this is a, about time for me. And finally, I do have the busiest man in sports science taking time out from his incredibly packed schedule. To, to join us on this, but, but how are you feeling, Sai? How are you, how are you feeling on this? This, uh, this it means it's good. It feels it feels like um, like just a little bit. The sun's going down on a, on on something. It's what, like it's it's sad seeing him leave. It, it ends potentially the greatest front three Liverpool have ever had. Um, maybe even the greatest attacking force Liverpool have ever had. Um, and and the beginning, and it's exciting because it's the beginning of a new version. Yeah, I mean the only comparable one would be Barnes, Beardsley, uh, Aldridge, but they didn't play together enough, did they? They didn't play together enough, and it wasn't comparable. No, like the the, 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 the these are so much better. 
Yeah, although although to be honest, didn't didn't Kenny's team eighty seven, eighty eight, didn't they? Some get some like ninety odd goals in the league. Anyway, but yeah. they did get a lot. They did score a lot, didn't they? It was a great team. But like you said, they, that team just wasn't t- didn't play together long. In, you know, this team, this front three's had the longevity, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. So, okay. Let's 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 look back around to the very beginning then. I mean, because um, twenty um, first Klopp's first full summer, um, and he was pretty much the marquee signing. I would say that summer, um, Rosie. Do you reckon is that fair? Thirty six yeah. million. Absolutely fair. Um, Let's do the headline stuff before we go. 36 million from Southampton, uh, 269 appearances, 120 goals, uh, 48 assists, one Premier League, one Champions League, one FA Cup, one Carabao Cup, one Super Cup, one Club World Cup, one Golden Boot, and four Player of the Year, uh, PFA Team of the Year awards. Um, And then we basically, and he leaves for almost about the same amount as we paid for him for. 29 million, I think, is the, the guaranteed amount from Bayern, pretty much, with, with the add-ons. Um, so, Rosie, I mean, going back to that first summer, I mean, how did you... We didn't talk about them, the, the analytics and for signing players in the same way we do now. We didn't do the in-depth oh, pods. Well, so yeah. how, did, how, did you, how do you remember the, well, the initial... I, I, was think, I was thinking about this, and it's a weird one, because I don't, this was the first time I ever heard the phrase stat padding. Sam Maguire's infamous phrase. Yeah, but that's about... just Sam being wrong. <laughs> I know, man. Yeah, it's, it's just a Maguire everyone being wrong. Learns, everyone learns, everyone learns. You learn about it's, signing. It's true, it's true. He, he now he's got a prop job working in analytics. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he absolutely has, but it was just the first time I'd ever heard the phrase. Um, and it was something that I think we were quite... Uh, we, we, we didn't believe it, but we also weren't quite... I don't think we were sure he was going to go on to anywhere near the levels that he has. Um, Although he did put a marker down in that first game against Arsenal, but yeah, it it he was impressive at Southampton. I didn't ever think he was going to be. Um, I didn't ever think he was going to be a Liverpool legend. I, d- I didn't quite know what position to play. It, it was kind of weird at Southampton. Uh, he played different positions, but he obviously scored that quickest hat trick, so we saw how good he could be. Um, but yeah, it was it was kind of a sixty forty. Pro Mane signing for me at the time. I do remember being slightly sceptical. Yeah, I mean, um, we didn't really have you. We barely even had UP in the format that we know it back then either, yeah. did we? It was a, it was a lot more ad hoc then, wasn't it? You know, there was like a, yeah. <laughs> the way we did the, the way we did the things. Um, I, I, I guess I was looking back through some of my really old tweets, and you know, and and and, and I I was pretty much broadly positive, and I always remember that even back in the early days of. Um, it was basically then it was focused on shot volumes, but um, also the the big ones really stood out even then for his um, for the Southampton was his shot locations, and it was yeah. one of the very first ones where you can think, well, this look at the places where he shoots from. It's central inside the box, not many pot shots, and even then in those earlier days of, you know, I don't think I don't think XG was available anywhere at the point we signed Mane publicly, was it, Rosie? No, no, no. Nice yeah, I think Kayley started doing it that season towards him. Mm. Yeah, he started his public account then. But even from the even from the Twitter sphere, where the people who were creating all the analytics themselves, it was pretty obvious there that this the, the, he, he if you like the modern phrase, part, he profiled like a good signing. Um, and uh, so it was, he did. Uh, um, but I mean. Can you remember you weren't you weren't part of the team back then? You were just a fan, I guess, doing your, your in your in your ivory yeah, tower. But um, how did you think about? It? <laughs> no, I wasn't in the ivory tower then. I promise you. But um, no, I, I mean, I was looking back, sort of trying to get a bit of context. And but like you just said, there was hardly anything available publicly, analytically. Mm. You know, even every um, what well, stats bomb started uh, 20, 2016, 2017. So mm. you know, it's sort of it's very difficult to get context. But uh, yeah, from uh, I don't know, fan perspective, whatever else, it was a bit... Because we were coming out of the, the Rogers committee argument phase, weren't we? Oh, where God, we were, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was a bit hit and miss with signings, and this was kind of like builders... Parallel recruitments. Parallel recruitments, yeah. and we missed out on... Is it Goetz or, Goetz or whatever his name sign is? Rogers, sign, sign, sign Firmino, you can sign Ben. Yeah, but, and then we're moving into this new area. We've got a fantastic manager, and we lost the final against Seville, didn't we? And we were sort of... The context we've missed out on a few targets because we weren't in Champions League, and then we we pay this 
I think the first thing that came to me when I heard about this was the amount of money we were paying. And I was like, wow, that's because it was what, 35, you said 35 million, wasn't it? Yeah. That, that just seemed a lot of money for a player from Southampton. Um, but as it's been proven through the years, as, as the data has improved and we've got a hold of it and we've learned how FSG and now got the system in place, they will put the money down when they feel that they have got the analytical side of a player and profile right. You know, and that I think this might have been because Ginny was that summer as well, wasn't he? And Ginny was not cheap at mm. 35 million. And they were both kind of like, that's a lot. And relegated teams. Yeah. And they, it wasn't, they weren't cheap, but they weren't like top expensive, but they would, that's that sizable amount of money back then. And it sort of, I think that gives you a little insight into how now it's, they will, the club will put the money down. If, if the stats are right and if it's the system, they'll put the money down. Yeah. Um, and I think, um, I think one of the things that um, we've done, pre- we've done since um, Bart's is we've used, Mane's performance at um, Southampton because we now have the XG models all backdated and publicly available to yeah. to use that as baselines for our, our current signings. And you know, we always say that you you want to you want to compare Jota, you want to compare Diaz, want to compare Nunes, and you want to look at it what, at players like Mane before he joined us when he was just with a another club. Yeah, like but, you, the things you've done is that two years before we signed them, isn't it? So. And yeah, you're right. They it does it gives you an insight, and you can look at where he was, and and um, yeah, it, I think it makes sense now. But at the time, it was like oh, interesting. But yeah, mm. yeah. Um, and say, what's can you can you remember? I mean, I know you have difficulty remembering last week sometimes, but can you remember back to 2016, Sorry. Yeah, but all those things are true. Uh, but it seems that. What happens with age is you start to remember stuff from the distant past that you can't remember now. So it kind of it kind of goes into some murky custard, and then it gets disseminated over the next five years, and I'll be able to remember it then. So I, I can tell I can tell you what I ate five years ago, but I can't tell you what I ate today. Um, it's a weird thing, but I do remember this completely because I you were doing uh, like so you say we didn't have UP, we didn't, but you had the analytics pod. So it's, it was even more granular than we're doing now. And and we had the main pod with Dave and Sam was uh, had input into it. And Dave was absolutely not having Mane at all. Yep. Um, he, he was properly on his uh, Lalana Henderson hate, hate list. And um, it, it was pro- it, it's probably the biggest um, misread that Dave and Sam have had over him. And and I've always been the same with, with transfers. I don't know, don't care, don't follow enough of everybody else to understand. But statistically, he, he had like all, a 22% conversion at Southampton. Um, and he was like 42% shot on target rate. They're yeah. all sound, good numbers yeah. for what ostensibly was a winger. I... I, I, I <sighs> That was you just remind me. That was another thing I was really positive on back at the time as well. Was that yeah, like the shots on target, the shot accuracy, basically. Side. Yeah. And 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 in the first couple of years of his Liverpool career, it was all around. He was a very good. He was often finding like the top half of the net with his finishes because he just bland. He just basically got it on target and bland it. And bland then, it high. And if you do that a lot of the time, it's going to go in. Yeah. And, and, and I think he, I think he largely kept that method throughout. throughout what his numbers were at Southampton. Yeah, that yeah. had been really interesting. But I, I thought, I thought what Southampton provided because we, it was the four hundred seventh player we'd bought from Southampton in the previous yeah. five years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think the thing that they that he provide that um, go, I was going through your um, the piece you you uh, wrote on discord earlier about um what ian graham said in a thing like oh the james, the james a, miller one about it yeah 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 um and one of the things that we can um tactically have guaranteed almost from the mané signing is that is is what he does in transition the things he did in build-up play and with possession would have been a projection because that's not how southampton 
play. They don't have the ball that way. But but we could at fairly fairly uh, confidently project what kind of player and what kind of ability he had in in positive transition. Um, and he at the time sixteen seventeen and then leading into seventeen eighteen we were a basketball team and. He and Ginny were the and Bobby absolute leaders in that basketball. Um, yes, he was utterly dominant, box to box, like uh, like a rapier, carrying the ball forty yards, beating a couple of lads. Um, and and when he when he first arrived, he was beating. He was doing five or five or six um, dribbles a game. That and he's down to one point seven this season. His his game has evolved completely into something different. But at the time. He was an unbelievable tricky winger. That the his first action was to um, was to look for the nearest fella so he could sit him on his ass. So, should we just talk about the non-obvious um, uh, analytics here, the uh, the physiological, the physical um, stuff? Because um, you've just started to touch on it there, Si. I mean, you know, if you were scouting the player back then with in you know because Liverpool obviously isn't is we don't so we never signed any player only on his analytics it's always been a holistic process scouting plus money plus analytics yeah so what would you say back then when with Mane the 23 year old and the 24 year old that that you know you thought where did he where did he you know in terms of his physical prowess say well, one of the um, advantages of, of Southampton was that they're um, a re- they're, they're a proactive, like a forward-reaching team. That um, their, their analytics department, from like match analysis and stuff, isn't great, but their strength and conditioning is uh, is one of the leaders in the league. So, okay. so um, their GPS and training use was really early. Their um, their physiological testing was really early, and we we swapped coaches at varying points as well. Um, and I, I also know of a couple of very high ranking coaches in both, uh, or, or very high ranking practitioners in both clubs that did their pro license at the same time. So we we got good connections, but we know that we we're absolutely aware of the physiological capabilities of of Sadio Mane. So um, of how. F- uh, basically how robust he is so he never missed games and then how far he's running in games which suits us down to the ground because Klopp was banging on about the 120 kilometers a game um yeah. then and but also he's one of the fastest players you've ever seen and he might uh, he might genuinely be the fastest player I've ever seen over five meters and he I, I don't know if there's anybody I've ever seen that's faster off the ground and back up again like he is, he is that um, the perfect um, miniature rubber ball that just absorbs even, all energy and explodes as soon as it makes contact with anything. Even that, even even last season, there was that clip on LFC TV um, where um, Mane was asked by um, what's his, one of the one of the staff. Um, so, who's the fastest player at the club? And then he said, Virgil. And he said, but not over five meters. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, that's, yeah. That, and he banged his chest, you know, like he does, like he loves to do. So, yeah, I think that's a good observation. That site. I mean, just just on the other one on injury and availability. I mean, he was probably the first one we signed under Klopp and Edwards. That was the well, him and Ronaldo in the same summer, who were in that undis- indestructible mould. Bobby had not been injured either, but yeah, but of 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 Klopp's tenure, he was the first guy that probably he was the first first. Klopp Edwards profiled player that we signed. Yeah. And and there's no surprise that he's the beginning of the hits. Yeah. Because yeah. you were talking about the holistic approach. Until Klopp arrived, we had these holistic ideas, but we couldn't sign anybody that fit those because nobody wanted to come to us. Yeah. We couldn't attract them. And if we and if and if and if they did if we did profile them right they just yeah they just turn us down for for whatever reason yeah, yeah. I, I i i got a little question really i would say I, we could have a pod a whole pod about the greatest um signing like in the clop era all time and 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 i would have mo right up there and you would it, it would be mo or somebody that you would argue and i would question is Sadio Mane the greatest coach developed player we've signed because 
the uh, the there were statistical projections that were fairly obvious that Mo Salah could be world class. I don't know. We I don't think we could projected quite how good he is. Um, but we could have projected that he would be a top tier player. I'm not sure there were anything that's publicly available then or now that could have predicted just how good Sadio Mane has been for just how long he's been this good. Yeah, so was, I, I wonder whether it was that good or whether, it's, whether it was Klopp. You'd say the same about Alisson and Van Dijk, wouldn't you, Sai? So well, Alisson and Van Dijk were both, were both expected to be world yeah. class. Yeah, yeah. So are you sort of saying the more is Mane maybe a hybrid of the the Wenger model of of get someone physically able to play what you want to do and then you coach the rest of it with a little bit of knowledge about the analytics going forward? Maybe he's that kind of hybrid? Maybe maybe he's the he is Freddie Lundberg. Yeah, yeah, because I think I agree with you. I think Mane's physical attributes meant that he they thought, yeah, he can do it. Like was it two over two thousand minutes last two seasons when he was in the league for Southampton? Good lot, a good lot of nineties. It's that's that's good attributes. Not injured, and then they must have got some background, like you said, from coaching that he's coachable. He does listen. He responds. He's, he's do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. So yeah, yeah, and he's, he's rapid. The, the, the at that time, the basketball thing you said is absolutely key because he was rapid, which meant that when we're playing basketball, you need to be able to break on the counter attack. He's got fantastic ball control, which was always the always the case, and he pro must have profiled that way. And his finishing was was more than average, you know. So yeah, I, I think there's a lot of what he's saying is right there. He, I think he's that kind of first. But now you see, as you said, Alisson and Van Dijk and the rest of them, you can tell, right, they've got something about them. We've all looked at Nunes, we've all looked at Diaz. You, there are signs there. But Ginny as well, I mean, that's the same summer, isn't it? Did mm. we really know he was going to be the, the the eight connector when he played as a 10 or a wide player well, for Holland con- and Newcastle? Considering he never once played as a 10 in his Liverpool career, exactly. I, I would suggest the club knew that's what... Where yeah. he be suited and, and how he was going to play, yeah. Um, but sure. we, we didn't have we didn't have a Scooby Doo, did we? We thought nah. we were signing a ten, yeah. Yeah, we were like, hang on, I mean, where's Phil going to play if you sign a gin? You know what I mean? It was just weird. So, and yeah. um, um, Roti, um, just on the av- mm. just on the availability thing, and um, and the um, we know from um, Ian Graham that you know today, you know, he revealed it last year that fitness and availability. Um, fitness and personal issues, I think it's it's called. Is is a, is well, a key. I've got a quote for you, Dan. You, you 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 posted it, and it's it's superb, and it's absolutely. It was just Sai was just talking then about the holistic approach, and Graham himself said, "If we're ninety percent sure that a player has no fitness issues, and ninety percent sure that a player has no personal issues, then there's a chance that he's going to be an eighty-one percent success." But then there's also the other factors, such as has he been playing out of position at his club? Did that manager at that club rate him or not? Yeah. Um, was he quite as good as we thought when we signed him? Have we already got a player who was as good as him so he didn't get any games? And then the overall success goes down to 50%. And we've kind of tweaked that and tweaked that and tweaked that so we know that we're not going to sign players my, who conflict with any of those things. But my question to you was, looking back to that summer when Sadio came in with Ginny Wijnaldum as well, it was pretty obvious then, looking back, that they th- th- these things about, does the player have fitness issues? Does the player have personal issues? They were applied then as well because they, the... These players, he would say 99% sure these players don't have any injury history and they, they're not dickheads. And they can, and they can, and they can, and they're, they're registered to the league, they can speak English to, to, to a good degree. So even it's back then, it was an evidence, right, Rosie? Right, and not only that, but we signed Jenny from a relegated club, and that's been another little ploy that we've had. Um, it's, I don't, I, I wasn't aware, I, I can't remember us even discussing his injury issues when we said, I don't even think that was part of our debate when we were signing players then, and that shows how far we've come as, as fans, and I guess you would say... Yeah, well, you know, to be fair, Sai was there, you know, with his, you know, yeah. availability is the most underrated of all metrics, and, you know, absolutely, the talent without availability is nothing, and all those cliches from, you know, which are true. But he did. He did have the minutes, didn't he? He did. Ha- he didn't have an injury record. Ginny didn't have, and, yeah. and it's just absolutely such a vital factor so, to get that consistent minutes and know that you're going to get that. So, sorry, coming back to you, right? Um, he didn't have an injury record when we signed him. 
Um, he's one, he's gone he's gone away a Liverpool legend, having regularly played what four and a half thousand minimum four and a half thousand minutes every season. Yet he still hasn't had an injury record. How 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 does a player play that much over such a long sustained period without having an injury record? And is that is that one of Mane's biggest qualities of his biggest success of his of his, of his Liverpool career? Sure, he is he is definitely. Uh... Not he is less susceptible to injury than most, for sure. So some people physiologically need that that perform with really, really high intensity actions like sprinting, jumping, turning, flipping, all of those things. Um, that they generally tend to be more prone to soft tissue injury, to hamstring injuries. But we have two of the more robust versions of that gen- genotype in the world in Sadio and and um, Salah. Um, it's remarkable how robust they are every game game on game on game on game they just have active muscle active um tissue in their body there's, they don't carry an ounce of fat um so then there's no trailer for their muscle to be to be uh, dragging around they're just utter machines yeah okay um so should we talk about the the journey um, Sadio's journey at, at Liverpool and 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 the highlights within that and any progressions within that. But do you want to do you want to kick us off? Any 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 you can take basically the floor is yours. Take it any way you want to, any way you want to go because I know you prepped some stuff on this. Give me two seconds. Hang on. Um, let's load up. Wasn't expected to come to me first, so my bad. Yeah, no, no, just you haven't <laughs> come in for a bit. That's all right. Um, yeah, I think he. If you uh, if I look at so I've done looked at stuff across seasons, okay, because that's generally what yeah. I look at trends, all right. So, yeah. um, and this is a format I've used for most of my stuff, so presumably I'm boring. But um, so the the first image I looked at was um, xG he produced per 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 ninety across the seasons, and then I've also looked at it with uh, the xG sorry x xA per per ninety, and then xG as a dot. So. From this, from this image I'm showing you here is that when he first arrived, so the far left is his last season with Southampton, and then the last, the last six on the on the graph are his, are his Liverpool days. And for me, you can see an, an instant progression when he when he joined the club in 2016 from his uh, XA output per nine and per per ninety, and the amount of XG we're getting from those uh, from that XG XA as well. So as we're going through. And for, for me, when you start looking at how he's trended over time, the 2018 season, if you look at on the distribution on the, on the graph, he, he produces more XG per XA, if you like, per game uh, in that season uh, than he does in anything else. And then he sort of, even the title winning season, the season after, is not as good as 2018. And then we see the 2020 season, which is always a bit erratic. And then he drops off a little bit uh, this last season and returns back. So... So from a, from an assist point of view, I think straight away that change, uh, that coaching in the in the preseason, I think has changed, has given more of a range and given more uh, more XA per ninety than he'd previously been doing at Southampton, mm. and that's just a starting point. Um, the other ones I'd look at is uh, a classic penalty box touches. So um, if you look at again what he was doing at Saints a lower amount of, of penalty box touches per 90. And then as you go through uh, from left to right on the graph, it, that improves. And again, the depth, so the more red a dot is, is the more XG he's creating on those touches, yeah, as he goes through. And again, that peaking around the 2018 season. But the 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 graph, the distribution goes up and up and up and up and up. So he increases the amount of penalty box touches as he progresses and becomes more tuning that role that he's got at Liverpool. So I think in terms of, what he's doing that that def, that defining because at this point he's playing he starts off playing right wing and switches to left wing as well. Um, that change and that understanding of how we are as a system is developing, and then it, it, for Mane, I, I think it picks around those middle two seasons. But that's just a starter. I mean, I'm happy to go stop and someone else to come in. But... Absolutely. Oh, I mean that's, that's absolutely fantastic. We're definitely going to pick these up. The yeah, it's good. I, I love the fact that how consistent he was. Is is apart from his first season with his XG per ninety, but how consistent he was. You knew what you were getting. Obviously, yeah. he's, he's, he's fallen off cliffs in terms of converting occasionally, but you're getting about zero point five XG per ninety eight from Mane. You're getting about zero point two XA. But the the progression of the penalty box touches is kind of a role thing as well, isn't it, Phil? 
It's, yeah, it's, definitely. I mean, I mean, I've put in the, the last one I got here for attacking probably shots per ninety. So against Southampton, I think he was. If you look at that, he's probably taking the variability of his shots per game. That's the size of the pot. Well, that's what I think I am, I'm absolutely convinced that's one of the reasons we signed him because he was shooting, yeah, all, he shooting, was shooting almost three times a game at Southampton. But if you look at the colour of the dots... Not from a centre-forward position. They're, they're greyer, right? So that's a lower amount of XG per shot. Okay, And as you move across, the dots become more red and more concentrated. So the shots, he, he might be taking less shots. So there's less of a range. So your bars are not up to nearly seven. They're, they're maxing out about five Yeah, on the graph. But they are more red, which means that the shots he's taken have got a higher XG. So yeah, which is what, that system. We've improved his shot selection. We've improved his shot selection, which is all shows to me, which goes back to size original point, was he coachable? And I think from if you start looking at trends like that in terms of his XA production, his penalty box touches, his shots, that shows you Klopp, I think, Klopp coaching him to get used to a role, make the right decisions. We've chatted a lot about this season, about players making the right decision. And this could be the journey that Diaz starts. Yeah, we, we could see him come in. I mean, I haven't done it for Diaz, but you could see how potentially he's got a bit of a wild range, should we say. But as he starts getting into that coaching with Linders and Klopp, you could see him getting a bit more uh, concentrated, but a higher value of XG or XJ but for, his, for his decision. Uh, Sai, do you want to come in? Um, anything you've got on um, Mane's journey and his progression as a while he was with us? Um, well, it, instantly his his XA goes up because um, there are there are we're going to create a higher quality of opportunity. It's easier to create more opportunities when you've got more bot more, more lads in the box, and you're going to do it more times in a, in a game because we have more of the ball than Southampton would. So innately, just by moving to Liverpool, your numbers should go up. Yeah. Um, but his, uh, I, I think the big evolution for him is is how he moved closer and closer to the six-yard box over really the last three years. And you can see from his numbers there uh, when, when his XG starts <coughs> to go through the roof. Um Early on, there was a period where I will put in the group now where he was uh, he was outscoring um, his XG by um, about 15, 20 percent for nearly all the season. Um, and then that was shooting from further and further away from goal. But gradually, as he got closer and closer to the goal, um, as his as his role in the team changed, that came down a little bit, and then he had the uh, the uh, the a couple of uh, periods where he wasn't at his best finishing wise eh, as well. So that would have brought his overall numbers down. Can you actually see that? I don't know if it's big enough. Um, but I put a graph in the chart uh, yeah. in the in Discord for that's that's uh, his rolling nineteen games um, for goals and xG over since he arrived. Um, and was the peak of his overperformance during the eighteen nineteen season side? Because uh, it was, yeah, because yeah, twenty two goals from seventeen, roughly twenty two goals from seventeen xG. Um, so he was, uh, yeah. But you know, that I think it's fair to say, I rather than just eighteen nineteen only, I think his best period was calendar year twenty nineteen. So the back half of twenty eight. 18-19, and the the second the first half of nineteen twenty. I think that was his. When we won the Champions League, that that period after Christmas, and then when we went miles ahead in the league to win when it, when we effectively won the title. Yeah, yeah. that that yeah. that calendar year twenty nineteen. I think that was his absolute peak. When you know, I would say that you know, if if you if you want to overlay everybody's performance metrics, I think that's the only time. That he has got close to matching Salah's overall output over like a year period. Agree. But, and yeah, then, I if, agree. and then, particularly then. Yeah, so we're not going to come onto the that's slightly negative stuff just yet. But um, so, um, Bart's Rosie, you've you got anything? Any next thing you want to? The only, one that, only one I'll chat in there just as a as a slight evolution, and um, is his dribbles. Yes. Um, because for Southampton, same sort of graph. Apologies, I was just running the same graph for different factors to try and make it easier for people to understand, really. But um, the far left, again, is Southampton. But if you look at that peak year, his range of dribble success per 90 goes down and then stays down. 
for 2019. So that year you've just said covers those two sort of middle parts of the graph. And again, that peak year of 2018, he's got more XG per dribble, but a lower amount of dribbles per game. So I think that, like you just said, that sweet spot between 28, back in the 2018 and 2019, I think really shows in that trend. And then 2020 is a, a random year, as we know, it was COVID. But then he comes back in line for this season where he's kind of a bit of a mixture of hearts, centre forward and, and uh, left wing. So, yeah, I think that, that honing of his abilities at Liverpool really comes into the fore of those middle two years. I, I just looked up the numbers you said, Darth, the year you said, and uh, his his career... So his his career for us is a, a goal or assist every 133 minutes, uh, and the um, that season to that no not not that season but 2019 calendar year he got 40 goals in in 4,036 minutes. So it was it was a, a a goal every 101 minutes, which is by far the best year of his career. That's amazing, yeah. And slightly overperforming, wasn't it? Let's be honest about this, because he then went on a slump. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Considerable. He he dropped off a cliff at that point. But he did get COVID, didn't he, in that back end of that period, right? Well, that was one of the questions I was going to ask you. Him getting COVID, um, um, should we do it now? Get out of the way. Do you you think that has a material impact on him, or do you think it's just... um, Something that we'll never know, or it's just a, maybe more of an excuse made by fans. Say, where do you stand on that? Uh, I think it's a political excuse. I don't think it's uh, there's, there's no physiological change in in his any of his uh, f- physical metrics. So it was just an event that preceded a cold. He didn't spell. go to hospital or anything. He just had a no. bit of COVID. Yeah, so what I'm saying is it was just an event that happened that preceded a cold spell and you know the whole correlation doesn't equal causation kind of thing. Yeah, it's and just, it didn't yeah. even precede a cold spell. It was just, he was already in a, begun a cold spell. He'd actually been in a cold spell for like four months at that stage, but it, it, it just exacerbated it for a longer period. Also, wasn't he supposed to move that summer? Move? There was, if you read some of the stuff that's come out this week, he's been... Is is there's, there's other opportunities where he was looking to leave? Wow, I've not even heard that. Give us some. Uh... Yeah, there's some. So I'm just saying to you that that was that that was the, if lockdown hadn't happened, something you'd be suggest he would have left. Wow. So there might be a psychological element in that as well. Because it's a drop off. Because of the drop off, yeah. He's like, oh right, yeah. He set his mind up that he wasn't going to be here. He's here. He then drops off, but he picks it up again this this last season, you know. So. Yeah, I, I just wanted to, because we focused on mine, I just wanted to add a bit of context on in terms of um, sure. in terms of FB Ref and uh, similar players to Mane. And oh, it's yeah. really, really, really interesting, um, like, who, who they perceive as similar um, across how his career developed. So in the, in the 2017-18 season, it was... Um, the top one was Marshall, but then it was Sterling and then Son. Um, and Sterling is the only one that's in all of the top tens across his career at Liverpool, which is kind of interesting, don't you think? Con- considering he replaced Sterling, let's be honest about that, yeah? Sterling left just before that to go to City. Um, well, Benteke replaced Sterling. Yeah, I know. We're not going to but the proper guys replaced Sterling with Mane. <laughs> and um, and then Son's there again the next year. But Jota appears in 1819 when he just appears at Wolves, which is mm. come on to. Yeah. Um, Salah's in there as well, but he's he's always quite low compared to Sterling. Sterling again is top. Then Foden. Um, Jota's in there just before he signs for us. And... Um, Jota moves up to number two just before we sign him, so he goes from he goes from like ninth to sixth to fourth to second in comparison to Mane. We all know that little snippet that Edwards gave about um, Mane being. I asked you lot in the group who who was the most similar player to Mane in the league at the time, and it took me about fifteen guesses to get to guess Jota. Um, I still don't see. The, the comparison really in terms of the pace and the overall contribution, but the, this is what the stats say. And then last year, top of the list, Diaz. 
<laughs> Are we just so, hang on? So, so this was FB refs most similar players in 21 22, yeah, season. And most similar player in FB refs tour was was Luis Diaz, yeah. yeah, he was number one. And Jota, Jota, like I just said, went moved up the list from 10 to four to seven to four to two when we signed him. So are we just... Uh, no, uh, right, no, no it's, not, it's not Champions League. It's Premier League data. If you look at um, the... So Diaz, is, Diaz will be. Yeah, Diaz is the comparative with... As in a winger, isn't it? If you look at as a forward, Jota's the most comparable player with Mane on FB ref. So got two tabs. Oh, but no, but yeah. Rosie was talking about the progression through the years. Ah, uh, oh, right. Sorry, man. Sorry, I thought you just... Yeah, yeah as, 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 as Sadio's journey through his, his time at Liverpool. Yeah. yeah. Sterling is the only one that's on there every single year. Yeah, that's true. But you can see that, can't you? You can see this, the comparisons with Sterling. He's not, Sterling hasn't got the pace. He hasn't got the explosive pace that man has got. But you can see the comparisons in like the dribbling, the carrying. Um, it's, I, just, I just found it really interesting that... If you if you compare the stats and get the similar players, that I think it's really I think you're right. Um, I think I mean Sterling's not slow, right? I mean he's he's rapid, but it, I think the end product is very different, isn't it, between the two players as well? That I think yeah. that'd be fair to say. Um, very very much so. But um, no, it's it's interesting, isn't it? See so F brief come up with with some of our players who's who's in the top half. So, yeah, um, yeah. But I think it's fair to say that the club will have been profiling these things many, many years. I mean, the first time that we actually learned about in it to a to, to real degree of the um, the level of nerdery and advanced analytics that was happening at Liverpool FC was probably about 2018, I would say. But, you know, if it's revealed at that point, you can get your bet your bottom dollar. It started a good couple of years before that, but with the, with the amount of... Um, the, yeah, yeah. The, the the amount of the advanced technical research into setting up of these kind of stuff in house, it's a huge undertaking, isn't it? To, to it's get massive. To these... I mean, we we you've mentioned the guy before, uh, Graham, isn't it? Some of the talks, Ian Graham, done, yeah. yeah, Ian yeah. Graham. Some of the talks he stuff he's done, which he's let come in the public, shows you how far advanced. Like he talked about how they they basically zoned up the pitch and worked out the XG against them for, and therefore from that, they could bring up a tactical plan about where they could attack best for any mm. given game for any big opposition. And he said that uh, after we won the title. So they basically built that two, three years before that. Yeah. Yeah, so they had that right working roughly when they, brought, when they signed Manor. And that yeah. shows you, I have no idea what they're doing now, but um, I just mm. chucked an image in there from the Y-Scout, I think which for me shows you the change from play, him playing right wing to left wing. So on the right wing, the red is the more the key passes he's making from from right wing, but where he's playing left wing, he's carrying it more and he crosses it more. I hope that makes sense. But um, so it's a little bit that that change in role when he switched wings when yeah. Mo signed, I think is also a, an evolution of Mane. Um, and in some in, respect, um, here go on. How much did he play on the wing in his first season? Though? Was it the majority? The right wing, I think. He majority right wing, he yeah. Played. yeah, yeah, he played yeah, the majority yeah. of the right wing. Yeah, yeah, because Phil was left, wasn't he? Cutting in. Onto his onto his foot, onto whatever, and then Bobby was yeah, kind right. of playing false nine, wasn't he? So with Studge as well when he was fit. So it was definitely Mane down the right, and um, Phil down the left. Yeah, and I can't remember what the midfield was. Don't ask me that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ginny <laughs> and Hendo. Was it? Was it definitely that? In sixteen seventeen. Sixteen seventeen. Oh no! In all oh, right, yeah, I meant the season after, yeah. Uh, 16, 17. I can't yeah. remember. But yeah, it might have been. It might have been. No, right. we would be Emery Chan, Jordan Henderson would be the mainstays of it. Yeah, so Lallana maybe. When, was Lallana coming in? Yeah, Lallana, yeah. Watching watching all the clips, it was really... Lucas. Lucas. Oh, wow. oh, yeah, he was still about, wasn't it? Was, 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 was Mane's first season the Milner left-back season? It was, wasn't it? it was yeah, season, I think... Or seventeen, eighteen. Anyway, yeah, seventeen, eighteen, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so we've done the um, we've done the stuff about what we think Mane's peak season was. Um, I guess the question then, and the way it's let, let, let's let's try and put ourselves in the club's shoes. Say, um, how do you see? We talked a lot on, for example, I refer people back to the Mo Salah pod that we did in January, where we talked about the Salah contract extensions. We talked about how players can possibly 
um, the, the ages at which players peak, fast forwards, big forwards, centre-backs, midfielders, all the different types of players, the age at which they peak, how long their peak is, and then what is their post-peak, and then the decline from that period. How do you assess, if we all agree that Sadio's peak was 2019 calendar year, how do you assess the time since that point and where he is now and what, what, what he's got left, Say, how do you How do you go about looking at that? I'm sure they look at uh, 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 relative performance in his metric. Um, <laughs> they um, they will have like li- literally this is his peak, and what percentage of that is he currently performing at, and what traje- trajectory does that look like? Um, and it will go across all his metrics. And what is that typically for a wide fast forward? What is the peak years for a wide fast forward? Uh, peak years for wide fast forward. If we have a four year. Um, uh, like period, it will be twenty four to twenty eight. Okay, which aligns perfectly with Mane. To be honest, yeah, we got all of those years with up with Liverpool FC. Yeah, 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 exactly. And you could probably drop one year of those while he learned he learned the system, learned to be the player that uh, the best version of himself. So we just tack that on at the end. Yeah, and so then we, have, you, have you found that changing though, Sai? Is that slightly evolving as time goes on with? In general context, it's well weirdly right. This season, you've got you. I would face the most arguments this season because Lewandowski and Benzema and Ronaldo and um, Messi. But um, the, the truth of the matter is that the attackers are actually the peak years are getting younger. Wow. So they're hitting they're hitting top level football a little bit earlier. They're having uh, shorter periods of brilliance of dominance and then they're dropping off earlier wow we need to study this that's so interesting because it's very it's a very narrative thing at the moment is it that there's lots of star players that are older like over 30 over 32 yeah yeah but darth will talk about this all the time with where you can't you can't look at outliers statistical i mean yeah I guess the other thing is understanding when why and why an outlier is an outlier. I mean, just on Ronaldo and Messi. I mean, um, when you when you, when you went through it on the Salah pot, it was brilliant because both those players peaked in their late twenties anyway, and then it was just a question of to what extent their years after the age of twenty seven were as as a percentage of their peak performance. Yeah. Um, and with Ronaldo and Messi this season, they might they they both might have had good individual season. Well, Messi didn't, to be honest. He had his worst season ever, didn't he? But Ronaldo still had a good individual season. But that doesn't exist in a vacuum because it was at the, at the expense of everything else his team did. But it was also it was also relative to him the worst season of his career for 15 years. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so it's Absolutely. so significantly down from his peak. It's, yeah. it's, the peak is relative. With Mane, Mane was never an outlier. Mane's been a brilliant player for us, but he's never... He's not a unicorn he's just a brilliant traditional footballer the the things we're seeing from messi and from uh, ronaldo that you shouldn't even talk about them or compare we had four year period of suarez where he was at that level we've mm. had probably three or four years of salah where he's just a tiny bit below that all-time great level but it's yeah. so far ahead of where mané is at yeah, you can't compare that. Mane is traditionally one of the brilliant Premier League players, but yeah. not an all not an all time great of that from yeah. output perspective. Yeah. So, so he's he's much more likely to fit within the parameters of normal. Yes. Okay. So, um, Roti, he we did a we did a couple of deep dives on Sadio during um. Uh, last season, the, the terrible season, obviously, and um, we we did we tried to be fair. We tried to we tried to all the things that weighing it all up, and um, it would. But it, there was quite an op- quite an eye opener doing that, wasn't it, Rosie? Because it wasn't just the scoring that was was dropping off. It was it was the dribbling, it was the shooting, it was the sh- the, the shot quality. It was all, it was all of the above, basically, wasn't it? And um, we did we did see these things. Um, we did happening. Well, it was re- a really interesting season for him because it was. It was his highest shots per ninety um, in the league um, at that time at three point zero two. Um, it was also his highest XA per ninety at zero point two five. But but he underperformed both, and it's really tough 
I remember the deep dive pod, and I, 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 I don't. I can't, I, remembering it word for words is, is, is. You feel uh, guilty, don't you, talking about it? We do because we were saying, is is it a decline? Is it melting? Because yeah. it, it is. Um, he just couldn't score. He couldn't hit the target, and yeah. and we were going through psychological factors. Is he worrying? And then he'd score the occasional goal, and I remember us saying, "Oh, that's because it was first time, and he wasn't having to think about it." Yeah. And, and and then one of the beauties, I I, I watched seventy six minutes of his goals yesterday, one hundred and twenty goals. <laughs> nice. And, and he's honestly, he is much better when he hits it first time. It's not okay. even close. Right, he, I don't even think that's anecdotal, is it? Say, si? he—he's just one of those players that is a is a better finisher when he doesn't have to think. You've got that inbuilt um, muscle memory is a is a oft used phrase, but I guess it's a cliche. But he, he, that's that's what he's best at. If you don't, if he doesn't have time to think, and, and in and in that period, he seemed to be taking too too many touches when we were deep diving the analysis of the. Of the shots and the chances yeah. that he was missing, but it was his pressing was declining slightly as well as dribbling. I don't think any of us expected him to come back to this level this season, especially the last six months. Yeah, absolutely. So, Bart's coming on to you on that one. Um, I mean, I think it's fair to say a year ago, um, there were significant sections of the fans who wanted a Mane replacement. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I think I read it. He, he was dramatically underperforming, wasn't he? He's non penalty XG. Difference. Yeah. I mean, even this season, he's only brought it back. He's still underperforming by like 0.02 or whatever else. So, yeah, I, I think there was massive, but, it, but people couldn't put a finger on it, could they? they there wasn't no. anyone, anything out there. I think you guys really helped with that deep dive to say, look, we just don't, you know, it's just not there in the numbers. There's no, yeah. there's things that are dropping off, but it's not, mm. it's not quite right. And you can't measure the, the first time finish, yeah. you can't, you mm. can't really measure that, you no. know. I, I would agree from looking at the highlights and looking at the videos that he's an instinct. And Klopp talks about rhythm players a lot, right? And I think maybe he's uh, a pinnacle of that. You know, in that in that period we've chatted about where he was overperforming his, his non-pointing XG by you know for, for over the two over the year calendar year season. Yeah, a lot of it was just on instinct. It would just be like, right, look at the City goals he scored against City. We're very much like, yeah, well, he's going to take a touch there, and he just hit it straight time. You know, it's yeah. it just, it was flowing. It was in that in that rhythm. So, as the whole team were, to be fair. Um, yeah. And, but then he, he had an okay first half of the season, I think it's fair to say. Not, yeah. not great, an okay first half of the season. But he then had a full-blown renaissance in second the second half, half of the season. Yeah, but he changed role, right? I mean, as yeah. we, you guys were chatting about Ronaldo and Messi and the rest of it. and But the thing about the older players, I think, is that, the teams around them have changed to enable them to still perform. Like Ronaldo isn't the same player he was at his peak, I don't think. You know, he's no. not. He's not. Whereas they Benzema, the side is built around him. Yeah, and Messi maybe doesn't quite have that at PSG. So, you know, now he's got Mbappe as the director of football. Maybe that will change. But it just seems that Mane's changing, maybe changing his role to centre forwards, and and he got. He got outcomes from it. He, he went on that scoring run. He helped us largely get through the period of games we had because Mo was on a on a decline in terms of his shots. Um, but maybe if he plays that role for Bayern, maybe that's the role he's going to play for Bayern because I can't see him playing wide yeah. for Bayern because of Gnabry and Sané. Yeah. But to be fair to you and Sai, though, I mean, despite his personal renaissance, neither, neither of you were particularly convinced by the team no, I don't, I don't think he was. Role. No, I, I've said that. I don't think he was inconsistent. Sorry. There are games when he had very good what we need from that nine at that time. Yeah, we might yeah. tweak that system with, with Nunes signing. But at the time, he, you know, his, his retention of the ball, the recovery, yeah, his receiving rates were very inconsistent. And in games where we need that bobby touch, that false nine to hold, to hold the ball, take the touch and play the pass, he wasn't doing that, which meant Mo had to do that, which which then reduced most shots even more. It, it just, I think it was a knock-on effect. And it wasn't, it, some games it worked beautifully. United at home being an example, where he drops in and makes that beautiful ball over top. Yeah, but they were just, but they, comedy, yeah. But they they were just were, com- yeah, comedy course, but it was too far between, right? It was, there was, was, that was happening every single week. That was his last assist for us. Yeah, was exactly. It? And that's, that's what I'm saying. He's very inconsistent in that role. Um, and I, I, for me, going for, I'm, I'm excited about the evolution. I'm sad to see him go. 
but I'm excited about the evolution to see how we get the more of our players with a new player coming in there. Yeah. Uh, say, so, um, you, you again, we, we, we talked, you talked a lot in the, in the spring about the team with Manny at centre forward and you, you were never convinced either, no? Yeah, not at all. He just, it, play just shaped itself differently when, when he's there. Um, I, it's weird. He came in as the as the Uber transition guy. We we uh, with uh, a passer down the right hand side. He was kind of the rapier that just drove the ball, um, carried the ball over big distances, beating or co- at least committing defenders. And he stopped doing that by just uh, basically doing it twenty percent of the time he did when he arrived. Um, and he is much more uh, trying to do Bobby's role a little bit, I think. Um, and he's he's turned into a finisher more than anything else. Uh, he's not really connecting play in that way. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't commit defenders in the same way that he did. Um, I I don't want to be critical of Mane because he's been absolutely wonderful for us. I think it's the right time. I think everybody should be happy by this. Um, we have basically. Um, done another magic deal by turning Sadio Mane into um, Diaz and Cash. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think it's fair. I mean, by, just just on the future for him, do you th- way you describe their side, do you think that's exact, the exact role he'll be playing for Bayern? The 11, if, assuming Levens obviously goes, um, you'll basically just be doing that, that striker role for Bayern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he's just going to play uh, off um, Muller and and it, I, I think he's he's in uh, bloody Germany for Bayern Munich. He's going to get forty five goals next season. Yeah, he's got eighteen shots a match. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's going to play the centre goal role, right? He's going to play centre goal like they're playing. You know, but what I'm saying <laughs> is, if, if, he, if he wants to increase his longevity playing national team, you want to reduce your your running, right? So yeah. going to Bayern Munich to play the nine as Lewandowski's replacement makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. I'm not sure he even thinks that deeply. I think, no, no, no. Just uh, they, they, they play less games as well, right? They, they, they definitely play less games. They actually do quite a lot of running in, in Bundesliga. And I don't think you're ever going to make Mane not run. because No, no, no. no. Um, but not the wing stuff, you know what I mean? Not the high speed. I would, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, well, even that, I don't think he's ever going to, put himself in a position where he's not sprinting full out and he's great at mm. it and his body works that way and he's fine. Um, I think he has just gone a little bit. Who doesn't get a little bit bored? You, you can't be, you can't, just because we're Liverpool fans, you can't say um, you go to a different country and not, like, you want to stay there forever. I, I completely understand why you'd want to move. Think that that probably the excitement of going going and playing in in, um, in Germany is a big deal for him. He gets to go and dominate, win, have the fun of scoring forty or fifty goals next season for an unbelievable team in a massive stadium. He's got a, a fairly simple, a, a similar chance of Champions League as we have, and they pay him twice as much as we were paying him, which is probably the ultimate motivator. Um, good luck to him. At this point, just, just well, just in um, I complete right. I'd like to say I was a little bit scoreboard journalism with the, some of Mane's performances towards the end of the season in terms of his role as that nine. I, I, I don't mind admitting I was a little bit wrong about that, but I would say, as I posted on the UP uh, Twitter account the other day, his pressing from his first season to what he is now and what he offered this season in terms of production, in terms of shots, in terms of goals, in terms of starting counter-attacks, was superb. It was unbelievable. It was, mm. re- it was as good. Well, Fab was the standout, but out of the three forwards, Mane was the best this season. Now, obviously, he's moved from the left to the middle, and that's always going to help. So there is that. So he has got that, but he's not going to have to do that at Bayern because... Mm. <laughs> They very rarely do it. Um, and I think it might have been more a product of our system rather than his specific skill set as well. So, yeah, um, absolutely. Do you think yeah. it's the um, right deal for all parties? Right deal for us, right deal for Bayern, right deal for the player? 
Yeah, I think both teams are very good in the market. I think they're both very clever. I think uh, Bayern held out to pay as little as possible. I think we held out to get as much as possible on a one-year deal. And considering no one likes to hear it these days in uh, transfer windows, but considering the amortisation, uh, we've made an absolute fortune. Well, it's pure profit on the accounting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a perfect deal to me. You, you buy him for 35, you get his best years out of it, and you trade him in for a younger model and you get your money back. I mean, that if that was any other commodity apart from a player, you'd be saying that's a cracking deal. Yeah. Uh, and a perfect like, deal for Bayern because it's probably yeah, worth yeah. that. I, I, I guess, the, I just think it's... Um, I think the, the thing is, is, is the emotion is people just get too... Yeah, for sure. ...to players and I think that's it. If they, But that's that's size yeah. point, isn't it? He's We're yeah. all Liverpool fans. He's not Curtis Jones. He's not Trent. There is no uh, symbolism or emotional connection with the club. Let's be frank. Those yeah. are the only two players probably in the first team squad are a few of the young players coming through that have got emotional connection yeah. with the club where yeah. it, it would take a crowbar to get them out of the club. Everybody else, they love being there. They love Klopp, but it is a job. Yeah. Um, so do you think um, um, it, it, it's like almost like a mirror of the Thiago deal in that respect to say, uh, sorry, say, uh, Bart, um, for that, you know. Yeah, the, the... yeah, definitely. Um it's, it's it's crazy, but I think it is. It's like we've we've taken their player that they've probably got the best years out of. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how long we get out of Thiago. Um, and they and we got him for an absolute steal, didn't we? We got him for a steal, but I don't think Bayern played a lot for him. No, back in the day. Yeah. So I think it's a very similar deal. I think you're right that it mirrors. Um, the thing is that we've we've just got to keep find a way of keeping Thiago fit, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's finish with a bit of fun then. Um, let's do um, favourite goals and moments. Um, Rosie, I know you've done some stuff on this. Go on. Yes. Well, just a quick one. He obviously scored 10 goals against Palace. That's quite well known. Um, but he did score seven against Man City. Didn't he score in, didn't he score in nine consecutive games against Palace? He did. Yeah. That's a, record. That's a Premier League record. Yeah. They tweeted that. Um, seven against Man City, seven against Arsenal, and six against Chelsea. <laughs> he did like to turn up against yeah. the bigger clubs. Um, <clears throat> despite all the narratives that existed, he had 13 assists for more. The next best was six for Bobby and then four for Jota. Um, <clears throat> but what was his best goal? Because I went through all of them. And it's a tough one. It's really, really is a tough one. He only scored one outside the box. 120 goals, 120 from open play. The left foot thunderbolt against Man City to make it 3-1. And the commentary is unbelievable. Now, I know gags were tweeting about this today, which annoyed me, because I've got this in my notes. It's Martin Tyler commentating on a Liverpool game, like he's really excited. So that's yeah. <laughs> that deserves a thing. But there was an overhead kick against what against uh was it Norwich this season? Um there was I like the fourth goal against Palace because it was a pressing win. Uh, Mane starts to move with a pressing win and then plays Salah in and Salah plays a wonderful right-footed first-time pass. And then he does... I think this... You know, this you the... Go on. There's one that's on the comp- any of the compilations I've seen. There was a goal against Burnley where he... I think hardest he's ever hit. And he, he just absolutely blamed it to the roof of the net for about 15 yards, I reckon. Yeah, just, yeah, just inside the box. Yeah. I've got that one. I've got that yeah. one as well. But I, I like the pressing one because that that, that fourth goal against Palace that was a pressing win. Um, it's that the traditional Mane goal is what you would call the Thierry Henry goal, isn't it? It's that opening your body up and curling it into the far right corner, which he did on numerous occasions. Honestly, watch the video. He does it so many times. It might not be as good as Henri, obviously isn't, but that that was his... If you look at it, it's that first-time finish. When he gets a ball across and he curls it in, or when he gets a ball played through and he lets it go in front of him and he curls it in. And there's so many. There's so many that he does. There's just on his, just on his goals, Rosie, um, InfoGoal tweeted it, by the way, for his entire career, Premier League and Champions League, they had him at 114 goals from 106 xg over his career. So I did the I did the full um, all competitions on Y Scout, and they've got him at 
120 goals from 111 XG. Yeah, so um, 45% shot accuracy, 20.2 shot conversion. That's 45% shot accuracy over that. That's astonishingly high. Yeah. Across 22,000 minutes. Yeah. Um, it's It really is amazing. And he only scored one hat trick. Can you remember who that was against? Ooh. Porto. Oh. Porto. Porto. Oh, in the big win away. Yeah. And, his, and his third goal was his only goal from outside the box. Go and watch it as well. Um, so which is your favourite goal, Roti? Just yours? My favourite is... Man City one. This is the Man City one, yeah. Uh, but I've probably got two. I mean, because I think the header at Villa when we're losing yeah. is massively important. Huge. Um, huge, huge moment in the season for me that. I think the the City one, obviously, and the Bayern chipper also. But the pure comedy, which Mane, I think my my favourite memories of Mane is him just playing with a smile on his face. He's the back heel against Watford. Yeah. Yes. The back heel chip over uh, Foster. From about is it? 14 metres out. Yeah, it, it, it's just, to me, it's that just sums it up. Just like, Do you know what? I'm going to try this. And it goes in. Are you like, that's phenomenal. But no, I, I also, you look at some of the key moments he's been involved in. Champions League final, first minute, stands up the Spurs defender, hits his arm, says, mm. okay, we get a penalty, win the game. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's so many key moments he's been involved in. Like that City goal was pivotal because it shattered City. It absolutely, do you know what I mean? It just, it just, it just, it just, there's so many good, good moments that he's been involved in. And he always played with a smile on his face. Yeah. Um, that that si, Bayern one was crucial as well. It was nil, 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 nil at the time, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Si, favourite, favourite, Bayern, favourite Sadio goal? Uh, my favourite Sadio moment is uh, the Edison stud. Definitely is right up there, <laughs> studding Edison. <in> <laughs> Um, but the goal, like for just G, I th- I think for showing what who Sadio Mane Sadio Mane is the Bayern, but also maybe showing what he was is the Arsenal for his first ever goal. Yeah, my one. Yeah, yeah, my one. It was absolutely unbelievable, and he doesn't do those things yet. He stopped doing. He stopped attempting that stuff. Um, so yeah, I think his best best goal was probably the first one, and his his key goal for us was the Bayern Munich. That's probably his legacy goal. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good place to finish it, to be honest. So, any other business, chaps? Um... How cool would it be if in six years' time? We're saying the same. St- we're having the same part about Diaz. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. great finish! Hey? Yeah, absolutely. Or Jota, or any, yeah, any of the any of them. But they're all on the course to be Liverpool legends as well. But I would just I like think to... it's a, sorry, Dan. I, I think it's a wonderful thing that we get to see an actual legend instead of uh, a cult legend. Leave <laughs> on his own terms, whatever it is, and we've got everybody wins in this situation. And and we have absolutely had the peak of his peak of his career, and uh, uh, it it reminds me of when I was a kid when Liverpool were just the greatest team in the world. Yeah. So I think it's fair. I think we all agree he's departing a Liverpool legend. Yeah. Yeah. No one's disputing that. Yeah. So farewell, Sadio Mane. It's been emotional. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.